Hi there, my name is David Wilde. I'm a filmmaker actor from Scotland. This is podcast 16. Um, this is a, a chat that I had um, with a, a vlogger called Evelyn Jameson, who's online uh, with a show called Totally Evelyn. And I had a chat with her last year. Um, it was on video, it's on um, YouTube as well. So I thought I'd share it on a podcast here. So thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Totally Evelyn's new studio, David Wilde. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Met David through social media, through Instagram. Through Instagram, I think it was, yeah. 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 And this studio today is something that I've always wanted as yeah. a TV studio. And you've had that same sort of dream of having a film studio. Different. For a wave ahead for the future, you know. Um, but, you know, today was about, um, you know, I'm going to be shooting some video for you, interviewing people like a video podcast. Uh-huh. So this was a great space, you know, because you've got properties and, you know, it's a great space. So today we were really experimenting, you know, to see yeah. how we'd, and we'd realise we need <laughs> to get these light, other lights and stuff. Yes. And so, te- so we thought, well, we'd experiment, wait, see what we need, see what the teething problems are, how uh-huh. to set up the lighting better. Um, let's just do a quick video while we're here anyway. We'll get yes. this better later, but this of is the sort of first. So it's just know. our first teething. Yeah. We're just checking things out and just yeah, making yeah, sure we yeah, can get yeah, something yeah, from you know, it. And so. I was really interested in how you got into film. Yeah. Um, I did write some questions, David. You've got some I've questions, yeah. I've got some yeah. questions Very here. well prepared. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit different from the live, so it's a bit more uh, random on the lives. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just thought I'd prepare some questions for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how d- did you get started in acting and film? I went to London to try to get a drama school. Uh, I got in a couple of places, but I couldn't afford, the, I couldn't get a grant. Right. So I ended up just doing a couple of classes here and there. Um, you know, uh, student films and film schools and stuff like that. And then when I came back, I came back to where I live in Paisley from London. Yeah. Um, never really went anywhere with it. I never really got into it. And the, sh- the sheer shell shock of coming back to my s- the town that I was born in right. actually gave me a panic attack. Really? <laughs> to the extreme that I kind of went off the rails for about six months. And then I decided, well, this is me back here. I'll go back into a factory or something. It was like, no, no. Uh-huh. So it got me more focused. So I ended up putting a play on mm-hmm. to showcase acting, mm-hmm. um, and that turned into a feature film, basically. Right. You know, from there. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Which kind of um, ended up writing a script, um, and cl- this was before us this technology. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting a script and I raised three hundred fifty thousand with producers, sales agent, the conventional way you made a film back right. then. And that was your first film. So that was that's, my first uh, film. That was how you got into the first yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, um, Which was, what was that first film? It was a, a comedy caper movie uh-huh. set in Scotland, LA, Las Vegas. And these two actors are out of work in Scotland. Right. So they end up going to America to try and get work. But the only parts that they can get is for like Braveheart 2, you know. Right. Um, all these cliches. And they didn't look Scottish. We were uh-huh. wearing black leather jackets. The two of us had black right. hair. We didn't look the typical cliched Scottish. Uh-huh. So we don't get any work as Scots people. Italian. You know. Yeah, so we ended up, it was just a silly, silly bloody movie. Yeah. Um, so I made that between Scotland, LA, and Las Vegas, got into cinema, got in DVD, Brilliant. got in television, got other offers for move, bigger budgets. And then what did you do after that? How did you find the film went? Well, it's back to that thing when I was talking about that night, I watched a, a documentary with David Bowie and how he failed a lot. I crucified myself after that film when I seen it and it wasn't, I didn't like it. 
the one, the one thing you can't do in life is blame everybody else. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, bad decisions with producers and sales agents all arguing about. When you make a film by committee, it's like yeah. Hollywood. Um, you make other people have got decisions about what's in the script and what you're going to shoot, so you don't feel it's like your film, you know. So I ended up getting a lot of that and people putting their two cents in there because they, when you they fund the it was film, a bit sort of controlled. You yeah, as if getting yeah, torn, yeah. A bit torn. You get that in Hollywood. If somebody's giving you fifty million dollars to make a movie, it's by committee. So right. you've got to check all these boxes and you've got to make a film to order. That's fine. But when I was making a film, which is actually three hundred fifty thousand, is a lot today when making films for nothing. But that was yeah. still quite a small budget you know for back right. then um, but there was still a lot of people a, a lot of cooks in there you know so yeah. I was getting kind of pissed off and when I was making the film it really wasn't the film that I wanted to make but in hindsight mm. you know I was green as well I'd never made a film before right. I'd never even made a film on a camcorder or nothing it's yeah. not like today when you're making so, films on phones yeah. so and it wasn't the film that I wanted so basically I crucified myself I never I never used my head and said it was my film school because mm. it was you know so how did you actually manage to do that? It's really quite impressive. How did you manage to actually get the... The budget? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, basically, after I'd done the play, I decided to try and get the movie version, which was absurd. Um, my mother said, you should try and get the film made with my sister. And I basically got a business plan and went in the uh, first business in a business centre. They kind of helped me. Um, and they said, and you need some sort of presentation to show. Uh-huh. You know, if you want 350000 So I, I ended up, between savings, raised a little bit of money, um, for some people, when I got £7,000 together, I went to Las Vegas in LA and I shot a trailer, right. a little wow. promotional trailer. So we were there for two weeks and I come back and then it was like a year later. I got the, the, the plan together with the pictures and the cast and the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I basically, it was like the early days of crowdfunding. I went in the GFT and I invited people in the paper to see if they wanted to invest in a movie. God, brilliant, eh? But, <laughs> well, <a> brilliant idea. <laughs> Hire the GFT. Uh-huh. What's um, the GFT? The Glasgow Film Theatre. Oh. You know, <laughs> I swear that people don't, in case people don't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I had people come along and they went and invest in the movie and nobody turned up. Not one person. Oh, no, one wow. person did turn up. One person turned up, you know. So did you actually go to the Glasgow Film Theatre? You had booked a space? I'd booked the whole theatre, the cinema, for all the crowds to turn up. <laughs> what a shame. That was, that was before crowdfunding. Yes. This was in the paper. Somebody wants to come and invest in a movie. Right. So nobody turned up. So I booked the Odeon. And, mm-hmm. uh, and nobody turned up, you know. Right. <laughs> but this is where you make mistakes. Yes. This is where you go to fail. Well, it wasn't a mistake. You had to actually do no. it. No. So I ended up. I went. Then I went to Cannes Film Festival. Then I went to. Um, I went to. I went back. To, I went to Cannes Film Festival. I went to London and Soho. But see, know. when you went to Cannes Festival, because yeah. this is what I'm really quite yeah. intrigued about. So you went over to America first. You went to LA to make the film. I went there to to make the promo. A wee promo, seven minute promo. Right. To get the budget for the big film. Right, but you know. well, the promo to who? The promo, so that I had a little video package. Right. In fact, it was on VHS tapes at the time. Was it? <laughs> right. Yeah, so they'd have to put the VHS in at the recorder in the wow. office and watch the promo. Ah, right. Okay. So I basically made a promo so they could see the vision for the film. So for the you 300. took that to a production company? Took it to production companies in Soho, took it to Cannes Film Festival, right. big cases of VHS tapes. <laughs> I mean, wow. this is a way before... This was a this was a case full of forty VHS tapes that I was handing around in the can <laughs> and with my so sister. Not enough room for your clothes, just basically. No, just tapes. basically VHS tapes and, really? and booze to keep you going at Cannes <laughs> Film Festival. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, so got some interest there, and then got interest in Soho, where all the film companies are, mm-hmm. and one company was interested and basically says, oh, "Well, we'll get back to you," but um, 
They weren't getting back after a month, so my sister and I went on a plane to Los Angeles to see Columbia Pictures that were interested, which mm-hmm. is absurd. You would think, hey, why would they be interested? Uh-huh. But back then, nobody was really making movies. It's not like today everybody's making no. movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got an interview with Columbia Pictures. The minute that I arrived there, the company that was interested in Solo phoned me up and says, what are you doing in LA? Mm-hmm. You know, I said, well, you said you never get back to me. Oh, no, no. They were trying to hustle me time-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, they sent a fax through that, that, I mean, fact, didn't it? the internet had just really started. It was all facts, I know. So they sent me a fax through with a contract. That's such a slow process. Yeah. Completely they different to today. They sent me a fax with a contract and basically says that we're committed to getting the 350000 for the movie and we'll have it in two months' time if you just stick with us. Wow. So I signed the contract and then it was only three months later we started preparing the movie. So within the, the one year that I'd made the promo, ten months later I was back in America with the crew and the cast and shooting the movie. But, you know... So I've been in Cannes Festival yeah. and I loved Cannes Festival. What's yeah. your experience of Cannes Festival when you were in Cannes Festival? The thing about the Cannes Film Festival, people don't realise about it, it's two parts to it. There's one, the red carpet where Hollywood goes there and promote the, the movies that are coming out. You see the red carpet, you see the old film yeah. festival. The glitz and the glamour. Glitz and the glamour. But then the other part of the festival is like buying and selling vegetables at a market. Okay, so like your production. In the hotels, they've got all these terrible movies and good movies yeah. and they're buying and selling an example, like I was seeing people that had an idea for a movie and a poster, so people were funding the movie based on the poster. Right. And people were buying movies after just seeing the poster. Never seen the movie, just seen the poster. You know, wow. if it's a genre movie, you know, we're naming it. Uh-huh. And so it's a market where people buy and sell movies and right. and get and 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 get uh, like if you've got a name in a movie, then if they're big in Japan, if they're big in Russia, then the two distributors get together and they put the money together and they fund the movie. Right, so you basically know. if you've got like, if you, I don't I don't really understand at all, right? So yeah. if you've got a movie that's, that you've got an actor in, yeah. like a famous actor, for yeah, example, yeah. you've got somebody yeah, yeah. really good, yeah. Tom Cruise, for example, yeah, yeah. Then, then they'll buy it. Well, Tom, if you've got Tom Cruise, then you see Tom Cruise has got so many million in audience in America, he's got so many in China, he's mm. got so many in Russia. A star like that is global, you know. But say it's no Tom Cruise, say it's somebody smaller, say it's Steve Buscemi. A lot of people yeah. know who Steve Buscemi is. He's not a, a huge star, but he's big in Japan, he's big in Russia, he's big in Germany. Then that equates to, say, £4 million worth of audience. Right. So then they'll get a £4 million budget, or those distributors that are pre buying, it's pre buying. Pre, uh, the pre-funded movies, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way it's all changed. But that's the way it kind of works, you know. Yeah. Um, that's how you get a movie funded, really. Yeah. You know. So it's a different. So you've had a different experience to me then with Cannes Festival. Yeah, I was basically have... once I'd got the budget for the movie, I went back to Cannes with the movie with the sales agents in the hotels, and I had to meet some distributors that were maybe going to buy the rights to the movie, okay. and the sales agents introduced me and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was kind of that's the that's the kind of way it was done. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh-huh. So basically, another wealth of experience for you. Yeah. At that particular time, and something that you're proud of looking back. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a I I, I went there to get the money, and I, it gave me a little bit of experience of how the industry works. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all making films today, but we're making them ourselves. But that was an industry-funded film, mm-hmm. so I know how the industry works. So it's it's all these years later that I'm I'm going to go back to the industry with a bigger budget stuff. So I know how it works now. Yeah. So I know what I know. I, I know what I need to package. You uh-huh. know. So how did the film actually do? 
the film wasn't about it, like a massive hit, but it didn't need to be a massive hit because it didn't have stars in it. You know, yeah. it had uh, me and my mates in it and Chloe in it for uh, Red Dwarf and few. You know, um, so it was only going to do. It done well in Scotland, really well. It done. It was an. It had about fifty copies in the video stores at the time and done well on television. Made money. Mm-hmm. The the funder told me it made its money back and made a bit of profit. That's always a bonus because yeah, most films perfect. fail. You know, okay. um, so it done well. That wasn't a great movie, um, but for your first film, you know. So I just didn't like it. I hated it, and it, it kind of ended my my career as such. And why did you hate it? Because I, I judged myself too much. Because when you're brought up in a, a kind of culture that if you've not got an award winning art film, mm. you know, then it's it's a piece of crap. You but thought. actually, that's the way that I thought, right? Uh-huh. But actually, some of the best filmmakers in the world, for Francis Ford Coppola, for Jonathan Demme, done Silence of the Lambs, all came out the Roger Corman school of filmmaking, which was B-movies. Yeah. Scorsese started with Roger Corman, which was B-movies. Yeah. In America, it's different. Yeah. You learn how to make money, and then you make, call it, here, it's very kind of snobby. So I had that attitude as well, that it's a piece of crap caper movie. So I kind of mm-hmm. downed myself. And you downed the movie? I downed the film, I downed myself, and I says, that was a piece of crap. It's back to that thing. I didn't even want to fail. You've got to fail and keep failing. Keep going. But you what know. do you think of the movie now? Like, if you look back on it, I still think it's a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but, but you know what? That's fine. Yes. This is what I was talking to you other night about the David Bowie documentary. There was a documentary called Finding Fame. Yeah. And I couldn't believe some of the songs that David Bowie had done yeah. in his early days before Ziggy Stardust. Before he'd be, he be, you know, he'd done all these cheesy comedy songs about gnomes and all sorts of shit. Mm. And it's like when I'd watched that, you know, I'd realised over the years that you've got to make yeah, bad that. stuff. Yeah, that was good. Um, but he made a lot of crap to find out who he was. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you've and got to right. do that. Uh, but I never, I never realised that. I just crucified myself too early. Yeah. That's why I've spent the last few years making a lot of small movies mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. And I'm fine with making mistakes now and making yeah. bad stuff. So you're you know. a bit hard on yourself. I was too and, hard on myself. Aye, aye. Too hard on yourself. Well, when you don't make an movie for eight years and I was offered budgets, that know. was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the eight years gap. Yeah. Um, so why the eight years gap? Well, I'd, I'd, you know, the production company that funded me wanted to make more movies with me, but okay. I kept on coming back with 30 million. You know, well, I've got a 30 million film. They said, David, we'll up it, but you've got a million, two million, three million. Yeah. No, I need, my, my vision's bigger than that. I need 25 million. Oh, so you were. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That. But it was a kind of destructive thing inside me so that I couldn't get movies made. Mm-hmm. I just kind of destructed it. I, I, I went, oh, it's, this is. Do you know what it was? It's. You've got to learn the process. I realised that I was yeah. a kind of... I wanted to learn the... It's like Robert Rodriguez made his first film with $7,000, right, yeah. himself. Christopher Nolan, who made the Batman movies and, and, and all those top... He's the biggest yeah. director in Hollywood now, made his first movie, movie for 7000 I should have really made my first movie like the way I make movies today so mm. that you control a vision on it and you just start small, learn, learn, learn. And you're learning. You're learning. Yeah. Rather than taking a budget and everybody's telling you what to do, Mm-hmm. You know, the more money you take, but learn your learn your craft. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. You know. I couldn't agree with you more. So that's yeah. what I've been doing the last few yeah. years, really. You know. Um, um, let's go to the Mission X. Yeah. So after all that gap, I I really never I was writing scripts. I was always writing scripts, but the budgets were too small. But when the mm. technology started to change and these phones came in and cameras, yeah. and everybody was making kind of found footage movies, then I thought I'll make a found footage movie. So basically, I didn't even have a camera. I went to Cardonald, uh, no, uh, Claybank College. All right. And I knew there was cameras there in the student department. <laughs> so because the iPhone wasn't even out, you couldn't shoot no. a phone. Right. You know, 
So this was back in 2009 or something like that. So I went there, got a bunch of students together, and uh, because Just I managed... Just went to the college, randomly. Went into college, and uh, <laughs> met somebody in, in, in my MySpace back then. He was yeah. a college tutor in one of the classes of the film department. He says, the students would maybe work with you. Uh-huh. So I went in there, I need to get some students so I can get the camera. <laughs> so Perfect. I got, I got some deal. students. <laughs> yeah, got some students, yeah. got the camera, and I used them on the film. And I made a film right. called Mission X, which was basically about a, a gang of uh, mercenaries that, that, that were going to do an attack on a building. And this film student was going to follow them in a dog and mockumentary. Right. <laughs> so um, we shot that, I think we shot it over a year, you know. And where was the film based? Where was it located? It was in, in, Glasgow? Shot in Glasgow. In Glasgow. You know. Um, but, uh, so I, I completely wrote that, directed it, produced it self-funded it you know um, and somebody gave me a couple of thousand as well a guy was working at McDonald's um, he was a manager there he saw my first movie and was a fan of it mm. you know mm-hmm. so he got involved as a kind of executive producer and basically I got the film finished myself and I actually went to the Odeon Cinema and the Odeon Cinema in Glasgow wanted to put it in every cinema in Scotland really? they loved the poster which uh-huh. I put on here perfect um, and, but I needed about 5,000 to actually get publicity materials and stuff and so I went to Scottish Screen and they says oh there's no criteria for people that make their own movies really? there's only criteria for people for funding for scripts and for so wait a minute I've made the movie yeah. I'm not asking for funding for everybody's asking for funding for to fun- make movies yeah I've made the movie and the cinema wants I it I know why is that then which is if the cinema wants your movie that's a big deal you know mm-hmm. so I ended up I couldn't get it to the cinema because I couldn't get the five grand together you know so I just threw it online, you know. You and, uh, it online. It's on Vimeo on demand. It's been there for you know uh, a few years. So then I just uh, started to get the next one gone, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was a film called Screen, you know. Yeah. Set in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's a horror film. It's a horror film, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you change your genres. You can go from. Well, yeah, I think it's important, you know, the, the filmmakers that I like, whether it's your Danny Boyles or whatever, don't stick to the same genre, they mix it up. Even mm-hmm. Kubrick never stayed, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I made screen, you know, a mm-hmm. horror movie, you know. Yeah, and that's the one where you've got the screen outside. It was a bit, uh, uh, a bunch of people I found at a drive-in movie screen at Halloween, and whatever they saw on the screen has scared them to death. Um, right. A bit like that film today, Bird Box, whatever oh, yes. the scene, oh, is it? you know, right. um, which... Was my idea? <laughs> like, you go, this is my, my idea. idea. You yeah. know, no, that was so. That was seven years ago. Um, but no, I I I try to get the budget for that, and I managed to get somebody interested for a quarter million to make that two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the money collapsed when it was the global financial collapse, and they lost other businesses. Mm. So basically, I found somebody. This is back to social media. I found somebody there. I fr- uh, made a about a friendship with a filmmaker online called Oklahoma Ward. And he wanted to cast me in his movie as an actor um, called Crawl or Die, right. uh, which oh. was a kind of a, a movie set in tunnels. Um, and he built a film studio in Oklahoma. Um, but he says, if you want to shoot your movie and use mm. my camera, then come across here. There's drive-in movie theaters, right. and I cast his uh, Nikki Alonso, who was his girlfriend. She was acting in that movie, so I cast her. So I basically went there and shot that movie. So how long did you stay in Oklahoma? I stayed there for three months. Wow. And I shot nice. the movie over three months. Nice. Um, about Oklahoma. About wow. 4,000 quid or something, a few thousand dollars. Did you enjoy it there? Uh, probably there too long. Mm-hmm. You know, I like just run and gun. Yes. Um, but I had to be there longer because it's just the way that it was pulling the movie together. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was in their movie, acting their movie, and then just the way it had to be pulled together, really. So the CBX again, what's the CBX again? Bob Bloody Killers. Um, I'd been making a thing called uh, Crime Lord, which I'll go back to. 
um, a lot of episodes, but I wanted to make another feature again. So basically, I wanted to try and test out the camera that I had. So Cold Bloody Killers about a couple of hitmen that go to the Isle of Arran. It's yeah, an island seen, in Scotland. I've seen a bit of that. It's good. And they've got three days to find a guy on the island, and they've got to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make a film that because I had a friend, Steve, as an actor, I got on well, well. Mm-hmm. so I wrote it for me and him as an acting showcase and just to make a little feature and we were I just got a drone and we wanted to test it drones as well and make some so basically we went there for five days and shot the movie over five days very fast Mm. um, on the island and then we shot another four days and back in the main island um, and just shot a little 75 minute feature film very fast how do you prepare for something like that you must be really organized well I come up this is why I said I said this before in a video that everybody's got an idea for a movie or a book or something, mm-hmm. um, but you've got to execute things. So basically, when I told Steve the idea for the concept, he said, well, that's a good yeah. idea. I knew I had a few thousand pounds, like, I think I had two and a half thousand. I, I know I could make the movie for that. So once he was good, good with the idea, I never had the script. Yep. So I booked the cottage on the island that we were going to put the crew in, and the, and the, the half the film was going to be set in the cottage mm-hmm. and a little road movie around the island. And so I booked the cottage, I booked the, the, the ferry, boat, you know, for across the ferry. I booked all the things uh-huh. so that I knew in two weeks' time that they were booked everything was and I would need to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So then I had to write the script on nine days. So I wrote the script in nine days um, and then we were going to shoot the movie three days later. So there was a fire on my backside that if I didn't go and shoot <laughs> then I was losing all the money it. for the booked cottages uh-huh. and you know yeah. so it made the idea happen so you have to actually organise everything first and then write yeah. the script yeah yeah. as you go really but I did for that movie yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm writing knowing what I've got uh-huh. I've got two hitmen which is me and Stevie mm-hmm. I've got some other cast I've got a cottage that they're based in that they argue uh, they're going to go and find this guy but the crew is based, based mm-hmm. there as well and we're living there and we're eating there for five days right. then we've got a car we drive around the island we've got a pub we've got so basically I booked all those things before I wrote the script you right. know and then I wrote the script right. you know. and they were all fine with you doing yeah, the film yeah because they'd known me before Steve had worked with me before you know yeah. There's so, a lot of organisation. That's what a lot of people don't actually really yeah. think behind, you know, yeah. making a film. People, people, wait, I need to get a producer, I need to get a producer. But well, that's fine if you've got money. Yeah. When you've not got money to pay people, you've, you've got, got to do to it try yourself. And work together. You've got to do it yourself, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you know. That's good for you. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Well, it's I, mean, brilliant I, I watched folk. that, actually. I thought that you know. was really, really good. So, uh, yeah, that was done really fast. Really and that's, fast. where is that now? That's on, is that on Amazon? That's on Amazon Prime in the UK and the US. So, and how, so how many... Um, it's a series. No, it's a feature film. It's a feature film. Yeah, you know. So that's... Can you make it into a series, no? Um, no, there's, there's a sequel. Um, there's a wee sequel. That is, there's a natural sequel. Who knows that if I can fund it in the next few years, whatever, I'll go to Yarun and do a sequel. You know, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. So where do you get your ideas from? What, what How does this all... The ideas just naturally come over time and I put yeah. them into the phone and over years and then it's like sifting things. I remember seeing this, an interview with Stephen King that gets ideas and then most of them it's like sifting and the ones that are left are the best, that will not go away. Like if I put ideas into a phone uh-huh. and after two years there's been 500 and then it's the last 10 right. that are left. Uh-huh. They kind of get my head, that's the ones that stick with, you know. You still have them in your head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you just put them on the phone, like even if you wake the up phone, through the night, do you wake I, if up I'm walking, If I'm walking out in the park, an idea will come into my head, just put it the phone. or I can come up with ideas pretty fast, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm saying, ideas are as common as table salt, as Stephen King says, it's the, it's the actual making things happen. Yeah. Everybody's got an idea for a movie or a book. 
but you've got to actually got make to it happen. Do you know what I mean? Take action. You've got to take action. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Talking of taking action, and let's go and get through these questions. Yeah. Um, yeah so can you tell me about crime lords? A crime lord is basically a concept that I came up with um, about a crime writing criminal. He comes out of prison, uh-huh. and he wants to. He's been a bank robber, and he just wants to write crime novels. Finds out that after fifteen years, everybody's writing books, everybody's making films. It's mm. not as easy as he thinks. So he ends up having to go back and use his criminal sort of skills. But at the same time, he uses his writing as a front, does book signings and social media. Wow. Um, but he's not really, he's, a, he's, he's, he's really writing about, it's meant to be fiction, but he's really writing a biography about him being a, building up as being this big crime guy. Mm-hmm. So, but he's using the crime writing as a cover. So basically, I've I, I done a sort of pilot, a little sort of concept with Stevie mm. that i done in Cold Bloody Killers. Right. We shot that about an hour's version. And then as time went on, we just started shooting more, and I shot seven episodes over wow. a few years. Um, and uh, just to get the idea for the concept for a series, mm-hmm. um, and that's on Amazon Prime UK and the US. Um, but when I shot it, I realised that um, I think it's a good solid concept. I can actually see it as a, I've been writing a novel as well, and mm-hmm. I've got a series of novels. Um, because it's much bigger than it really is because it, it, it ends up getting into politics and businesses and music business and film mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote that as a cut so that's something that I'm trying to get remade into a bigger series with names and a star you yeah. know so it's on Amazon Prime so I made that I've made all these films really in the last few years is really is your portfolio mm-hmm. so how will you get the actors how will you get if you like you know take me through how putting it on Amazon Prime will yeah. actually get to Amazon Prime is not to get an attraction to make the bigger version. Amazon Prime is just like it's been made. A lot of people put their time in it as well. Cast and crew, mm. a lot of cast in it. A lot of people worked on it. So you don't just want to make something and just throw it anywhere. No. You know what I mean? So I wanted to get it out there for people as well. So mm. it's like, well, let's see if we can get it on Amazon Prime, you know, mm-hmm. because small movies and big movies are on there. Um, so I got it on there. So anybody who wants to watch it around the world on their tablets, phones, television, it oh, means they can watch it. Do you know what I mean? Again, it's a no budget thing. Um, but for me, it's, I'm using these things as part of, when I go to producers now and try and get the funding mm. for bigger things, then at least they can see I'm proactive at making stuff. See, I'm not yeah. just talking about it. I'm actually producing them, I'm writing them, and directing and them. People respect that more, even if you're working with no money. That's what I was saying, mm-hmm. like Robert Rodriguez and Christopher Nolan made their first movies for nothing. It's not about, you know, trying to make things that look like Hollywood, you'll never achieve no. that. It's just getting it out there, isn't it? It's, it's just that. getting yourself out there and building your portfolio and doing your apprenticeship, yeah. you know, so that's what I've been doing, you, you know. But see, um, so what would you compare Crime Lord to be like if I was wanting to watch something on Amazon Prime, then what would you sort of compare it to that you've watched? You don't watch TV um, that much, do you? No, I mean, look, somebody says to me, oh, that's, you know, you try to do the next uh, Sopranos, the next Breaking Bad with no money. And <laughs> yes. it's like, if you, if you try to do the next Breaking Bad or Sopranos with no money, you will fail miserably mm. because you cannot compete with shows no. that cost millions of pounds an episode and it's different. No, I'm trying to create something that I identify with. Like an example, in the last 15 years, creativity, everybody can make movies now. Everybody can write novels and post them. Everybody can make music and post it. Uh-huh. This character that comes out is suddenly, oh, I'm going to be a novelist now. No, everybody's doing that. The friend that he's got used to be in the porn industry. He can't make porn movies and make money anymore because that's collapsed. That's all I free. Was, I thought you were going to say because he's getting too old. No, because <laughs> one of the characters, this business is collapsed. So yeah. these characters have actually got to evolve with the new times. Yeah. So the world of crime has changed. So they evolve and get into a new crime sort of world, and yeah, he uses it. So I think when you're using your own experience, um, 
Mm-hmm. And and they get in the movie business because when his novels become successful, they're all made into movies. Right. But he meets producers that are gang bigger gangsters than he's ever met before. So right. you can go into that world. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into the world that so it's a world that I can understand. So yeah. it's a world that's fun to write about in novels. It's mm-hmm. a, a world that's fun to write about in screenplays. So who would you actually like to in your head? Who's who would you like to be in that film? Um, well, that's the producers. If you get you, you don't you don't go and get the cast. You get the producers first. Right. Then, if you get the producers on board, then they come up with suggestions and names. Right, um, and it's not just one act. Today, you can't just get one star. Today, you have to get a multi. You have to get a lot of names. Mm. You know, it just. Well, about. You're writing the actual. You wrote that series. Yeah. Then. I never wrote that series thinking about any stars. I wrote that not? for me, and my mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, Do you know what I mean? See. To showcase your acting. Mm-hmm. But then, when you see these are really rich characters, mm-hmm. and if you get rich characters and rich characters that evolve and they've got a lot of sides to them, like he's a gangster, he's a writer, he's this. That usually interests stars because right. stars like. Well, he's got a bit of a mix. There's a, there's a lot of colours and there's a lot of. Right. That's usually the sort of characters that can attract names. Mm-hmm. Um, Aye, so you're vlogging as well. So why do you vlog as well um, as doing this? Well, I think today we all know, everybody knows that you have to do social media. If mm-hmm. you're trying to be a creative or in business, whatever, and then you go to vlog, you go to blog, you know. Um, and, you know, I can naturally talk about what I'm doing in films, so. For me, um, I think if, you, if you're going to go on social media, just find yeah. what you can uh, like down, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, you're giving people good value as well, because obviously they can actually, they've got a, a real connection there. Yeah. The filmmaker, the actor. Yeah. You know, can just get... Well, you know yourself, together. you're a vlogger, you go on live, you connect with people. Yeah. You're not just trying to plug, you know, businesses. No, or it's, it's helpful information. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's like, I used to go on social media and I would plug my posters and plug my film and which is fine, but if that's all you, that you see, mm. then you're just selling something. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. So you want to try and share your experience to give some sort of value. Mm-hmm. So that's really the reason for vlogging, do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and what inspires you about the film industry? Um, not a great deal, to be honest about <laughs> I don't. This part of me is not inspired by the film industry because the film industry really... is, it, is It's not a music industry or other tech industries. It doesn't evolve... Mm-hmm. As fa- it doesn't evolve with the times as fast. An example, even filmmakers that today we've all got these cameras, uh-huh. but there's still a lot of people trying to make films that look. Oh, look! I've got the Hollywood. I've got the, the low budget version of that Hollywood movie. Mm. Instead of trying to reinvent filmmaking, um, that everybody's trying to look make look uh, glossy looking videos. That you, yeah, we've seen that before. The bigger uh-huh. budget version. I think today that. Uh, We've got to evolve as filmmakers and tell stories in a different way. Uh-huh. Where they make a serial that's got a spin-off to a little movie or a spin-off to a five-minute mm-hmm. thing that you can continue in a vlog. Uh-huh. Um, the, the music industry has always evolved. The times of hip-hop in the 80s and they, they do experiment more, but filmmakers don't experiment quite the same. Um, yeah. So your, your thoughts on, um, oh, you were inspired in the film industry years and years ago. Years and years like ago. You're Aye. getting a bit sort of impatient with it then as well. No, because most films today are made as blockbusters. Hollywood makes blockbuster superhero movies, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They don't make independent movies anymore the same as they mm-hmm. used to. You know, your Easy Riders and Taxi Drivers. Um, the, 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 the stuff that's interesting today is the serials on Netflix and Amazon, like Breaking Bads and... Um, the the juice and, and and serials. There's a lot of interest in serials. That's where all mm. the interesting stuff has oh. gone to his serials and Netflix and streaming. Oh, you can tell. That's it. You know, that's, that's where it's all like, gone. That's where everybody's watching. But that's the beauty today. Netflix and Amazon Prime. That's the beauty that's all today. I've got to watch. You, you can make anything. 
Yeah. You don't need to get permission for Hollywood and make stuff. I'm talking about trying to get a budget for my series, but it's not really for Hollywood. It's for companies that produce stuff for Netflix and mm -hmm. Amazon mm -hmm. and to make stuff that's a bit more interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, so the, the film industry in terms of Hollywood is not that inspiring anymore. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because they just make superhero movies, you know. Yeah. It's more to do with streaming companies, mm -hmm. um, you know. So that's probably, um, yeah, that's probably your next that's, that's That's my goal is to try and get... And if I don't get bigger stuff made... I think if I continue to make small films and content and continue to make, mm -hmm. even over years and years and years, you build a niche audience, then you've already built your audience, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's the, it's no all or nothing. And it's your social media that's going to get you there faster, isn't it? By doing stuff every it, day, as you said, that you're making <clears throat> something. I think it's if you build stuff that's different and you're authentic and you're connecting with people and building a community, this is the beauty of the world today. You could almost be like Ed Wood. Ed would, if he was alive today, would have an audience now because mm -hmm. they're so quirky and so niche. Mm -hmm. So I think you just build your own audience. Yep. And if bigger things happen as well, great. If they don't, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So, so why is it then, why, <laughs> when we've got social media, Yeah. why are actors not acting on social media? Why are they actually posing and they're not? <laughs> uh, well, why, why are they not showing what they can do? Because we've got a platform here that you can actually show well, I don't think it's just we actors. I think that's where a lot of people, social media is used for a lot of fronting. Mm -hmm. Look how well yes. I'm doing, look at my place, look at my clothes, look at my pictures. But I think just as acting, you know, as acting goes then, is that no, like, it's almost like you've got, you've got a mini TV Yeah, there. you've got a channel. And you can actually show yourself what you're doing. Like well, instead of... If you want to be an actor, right, uh, I never had this technology in my time. You know, you go out and you get some friends together, or you know somebody's a writer, you write your own stuff, and you get a phone, and you start shooting scenes, and mm -hmm. you start... Because, look, if you get really good, and you get really good, you you can now take that, that footage, that film, and send it straight to a casting director. It's just insane. Uh -huh. But it's really highlighting today that it's the work ethic that you've got to have. You've got to have a serious work ethic mm -hmm. to make stuff and get your stuff out there, and no wait till you get cast in a film. Go and make your own films. Because to be honest, what I want to be as an actor as well, I probably, you know, I've spent these years, but I don't want to be an actor sitting waiting for somebody to give me a part. No. I'm, my small movies I'll make to show me as an actor and keep making them. And then if somebody gives me a part, fine, yeah. great. Mm -hmm. um, so it's being proactive, do you know what I mean? That you've got yeah. to be today. You know, you've got to yeah. be proactive about your own work, you know, and get out there. And there's no, really no excuse. Yeah. And if true. you if you know, if you just want to pose online then fine, but what are you <laughs> gonna get? Everybody's posing. Yeah. That millions of people are just posing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? just you I think the posing thing has to stop. Nobody has to stop anything, but what I'm saying <laughs> is if you want to get a career and make yeah. things, people people can spot bullshit right away. Mm -hmm. They're gonna follow people who's got some sort of passion and energy in yeah. them for doing stuff, you know. So here's a, an example, right? If you're an actor and you're going for a, uh, an audition and you don't get the part, which is most of the cases in actors, you don't get the mm -hmm. part of the time. If you make a little vlog series about uh, how you know how you're learning and how you're struggling, you go to your audition, yeah. I screwed up today, I didn't do this, and you're filming your little vlog series beside you trying to get your career going, you're going to build an audience for that. Yeah. If you're authentic and you're real, because mm -hmm. people want to see that. Uh -huh, it's your little reality show beside it. Mm -hmm. That's that's just as important as trying to get... And even if you're showing all your failures, people are going to respect you more for that. Exactly. And saying, oh, I've got irons in every fire, so-and-so's <laughs> on the phone, it's going to mm -hmm. happen, tune in next week, just yeah. wait, I'm going to explode here. Mm -hmm. People can see through that bullshit, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? And that's so, more about them than what it is about people. 
I think you know, people are just scared to be. To I think people are just scared to be authentic and show their mistakes and show their true mm-hmm. human side. That's why when I do vlogs now, all I really talk is uh, talk about is the, the mistakes that I've made mm-hmm. and how I've learned from them. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise I could go in there. I could actually go in there and bullshit because I've done. I've made some small films now and say, yeah. so it's all happening. I'm fielding here and I'm fielding there and I'm fielding yeah, this." You all. don't want to keep pushing yourself. But, up, you want to kind of be real and say, well, you know, I've done this. But what I'm saying is, a lot of that's bullshit. I've seen oh, people course. online saying, I'm just waiting for my 25 million. And it's like, but you're fronting. You're actually living this false yeah. life instead of being authentic and saying... You don't think anybody cares? I don't think anybody gives a <laughs> fuck. You know, excuse my language, no. Because look, people follow people with money because they like following people with money or mm. fame. So they'll follow Lady Gaga and Kim, Kim Kardashian mm. and all the stars and they can yeah. see that. But if you're if you've not got that, then you the only thing you've got is being authentic and yeah. being real and being you, and being your Rocky Balboa at the early stages, yes. trying to struggle and fight the way up there and make yourself something so that people can look back years and later look. He started with nothing. Yeah, of course. And he built his, we all love a wee story you know, that you know. Um, I think people respond to that more. Rags to riches <coughs> are a success. Yeah. You know, a yeah. Helen back and yeah, this yeah. Mr. Super but successful being, person that's humble. But it's like we talked about no asking for solutions. A lot of people go in there and, and just share their struggles every day and their mental health and all this. I think that what's important is to share, yeah, we all struggle, yeah. but show how you're getting through it Yeah. to inspire other people. And this is a, that, you know, that's, that's definitely key is, is, you know, as much as we can <laughs> appreciate that people do have problems and that they do have mental health or they do have issues, then I don't think people really in this modern world have, and it sounds really unfair, but people are too busy with doing. Well, the thing is, thing. I used to get people saying to me, "David, this is really hard. This business, and you, I don't know, I can. Do, I never get this, and I never get help. I never got a grant to go to film school, or drama school. I never get this, and I, neither that. Nobody gets anything. You know, the point is, what you're trying to get out of saying. If you're just going to put problems in front of you all the time, mm-hmm. you're getting into a business mm-hmm. that will throw rejection and problems at you mm-hmm. non-stop for yeah. years. Yeah. So if you want to go into that, don't go into that if you don't like problem solving. Yeah. And that means I've no got money to do this. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows me. Nobody yeah. cares. You've got to overcome that and love solving problems. So it sounds you know. like you've had your experience of actors and <laughs> people that you've worked with in the past that actually have been full of excuses at times. Oh, but that's the we don't cast. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the yeah, people so I've worked with... How been, long does it take you to realise that, that there's these bef- people... Before I even cast them. Really? So you would find I, out just even on social media? I don't cast any... Yeah, social media is... Is that the place that you would actually... If, if I saw somebody that's good in the show when they can act, that doesn't mean to say they're going to be good to go on with. Right. So I look at the social media streams mm-hmm. and I look over six months mm-hmm. and I go, look... We're all human. We can all have our bad days, and we yeah. can all be so fuck this and say this on there and moan about things. Mm-hmm. But if you constantly get somebody that moans all the time and blames everybody else for the shortcomings mm-hmm. or whatever, that's not the people I want to work with. Because when you go to make films, you've got to be—it's like going to war. Yeah. So you need people beside you that are in the trenches with mm-hmm. you that are positive. It's like I said before. That's why your uh, Tim Burton's will always work with the same people, Johnny Depp, or De Niro always works with DiCaprio. Uh, Scorsese always works with DiCaprio and De Niro, mm-hmm. or. A lot of these big filmmakers always work with the same people. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Because well, it's like replicating some you know, of the works. Yeah, yeah. and well, they, because they got they have a fun time working with them. Mm-hmm. 
you can still have big stars that are paying the backside to work with. So it's the same at this level. You've got to yeah. get people that you know that if you say you're going to turn up that time, they turn up. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know we're shooting 16 hours a day and it's going to be tough, I'm there, you know. Yeah. So social media helps you find those people. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It does with me anyway. It does yeah. with me, you know. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's yeah. why when you're on social media, me personally, you never really say, if I've got a bad day, nobody will ever know. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, you know, if I had cancer, nobody would ever know. No, you would just leave. I know. You know what I mean? And as harsh as that is, it's, that's harsh. It, that's it, harsh. It is harsh, but in a way, it's. You know, it's probably just showing that you're quite a kind person that you're actually not going to You're keeping your problems saddle. because everybody else is... Um, do you know why? Because one day I was sitting and people were moaning about, I can't get a budget. Hey, nine years ago I was bitching, oh, I can't get a budget, a little bit, a couple of posts like that, I'm human. Mm -hmm, uh -huh. But then one day I sat and I had this stream for the news and Twitter, mm -hmm. no, you get your lists that you mm -hmm. watch, and I saw this stream and it was a little girl in Syria and she, um, in fact, that's what was recently, it was another one. And she didn't have any legs, and her father was lifting her, and they put two cans on her feet because she didn't have feet. And it was like Jesus Aww. Christ! And I hear all this moaning. I know. I've not got enough legs. I, I can't get a budget, and I see all this horror, mm -hmm. and that just woke me up. I'm never going to bitch about anything. Mm -hmm. No matter how bad it is for me, I'm never going to moan. It does make you think, and it makes you think how lucky you, you know, are. You know, I've not got a career. Who cares? At least I can get up every day and try, and I can go to work. Do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, the reason we're doing this is because the battery just went out in the other camera there. So this is we're teething problems at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're just wrapping this up. So but we're feeling. Yeah, we're feeling. Desperately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, today was really to test out this, uh, you know, this using this space and to see the, the other sort of lights that we need and stuff and uh, um, and work things out. So that's why we're doing this little. This little so, anyway, I'm not the host here. Yep. Evelyn, you're the host here. Oh, well, you're the, I've it's got your the mic. show. You're this is the mic it's today. Your show. This I don't is want to take over here. You know. <laughs> In between, no, no, that's absolutely so fine. So I'll let you wrap it up. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think it's been a productive day. Yeah. Had a really good day, and yeah. I've been an absolute pleasure once again thank to welcome you, you thank to. You to chat again. I'm sure you know. you're going to be back here. I think the, um, your viewers have seen enough of me. You need some <laughs> well, more guests. Maybe they can tell me. Maybe you, you know, can give us your comments, guys. Uh, you need some more guests. Some comments, know. some feedback. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. subscribe, like, share. <laughs> and say, you know, we don't want to hear him again. He tells us we need to get off our backsides and go make movies and whatever. We don't want to hear that. Well, know. that's good advice. I think it's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we cut off, actually, wasn't it? It was just... I think so. At that you know. point, we were saying, you know, we've not got enough time in the day to actually talk about any problems that you do have because we're too busy trying to just make something too, or to create <laughs> too, too busy getting on with things rather than saying you know it's as simple as that and it's like i said before years ago this technology even you know that this technology wasn't here so you couldn't make a video show yeah to promote anything or talk about anything it's just insane you know I think when we've got experience, we've got that world, I think if you're 20 years old, but we've got, you know, that experience, that yeah. world with it, all this, uh -huh. so it's more amazing to us, even exactly. more. Exactly, yeah, you know. Scott. Um, Imagine if we knew <laughs> then what we know now, I remember my mum used to say that same cliche, Yeah. if you knew then what you know now, then yeah. you would have a, you know, you'd have a wealth of experience and you would be young, you would have your youth See, I, I don't, we're starting to sound too old now, we're not that nonsense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. So we wrap it up. We will wrap it up. Yeah. 
Okay, thanks. It's your show, so you said, I don't want to interfere. I've already said thanks to okay, you. How so many thanks do you need? Thanks thanks for everybody uh, that's watched the video. Me. I really appreciate it. And uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye from me. Bye-bye from me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're bye -bye. gone. Right, we're gone. <laughs> Take care.